not good, eh? Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Zoom Meteor's the leader. 6.50 metres left to run. Was able to cross from the outside. Gate leads a length. Constant flight in second. Third circularity. Hard landing in fourth. Then party spirit Hodgson. Velvet Hayes next as Brad. Further back rolling with the flow. Media Empire under the limit. Most dazzling. Zwang Shi third last in Skador. And let me let go. Zoom Meteor the leader. 300 metres left to run. Two lengths clear of constant flight. Party spirits into the clear. Velvet Hayes is running on out wider. Zoom Meteor in front, 100 metres left to run Party Spirit, Velvet Hayes Zoo Meteor's gripping on here Velvet Hayes won't get there, Zoo Meteor all of the way in the Country Cup beat Velvet Hayes, Kemra third, Zwang Shi or Party Spirit then followed Constant Yes, Zoo Meteor taking out the Magic Millions Country Cup last Saturday at Aquas Park at the Gold Coast uh, to kick off their mammoth day on Magic Millions Day and a great win there uh, to uh, the Stuart Kendrick Stable and Ange Jones in the saddle of Zoo Zoo Meteor, as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. And uh, as we've been saying the last couple of weeks over this uh, summer holiday season, not a lot of meetings on, uh, to the point that I think in the next couple of weeks we don't have uh, too many at all. And I think there's one Saturday or maybe a couple coming up that there aren't any uh, non-tab meetings on in country Queensland. But that doesn't mean there isn't plenty of news to get through. And we'll be looking back at what did happen on the weekend, uh, looking back at uh, a trainer who had her very first winner at the meeting at Thangool on the weekend, plus they raced at Atherton. And uh, we're going to also have a very special guest coming up on the show very soon. But first of all, let me introduce my partner in crime, Rob Luck is with us here on Bushbeat. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, um, listeners. And, um, yeah, Magic Millions is well and truly underway with that uh, big win we saw there, Tony, didn't we, of Zoo Meteor uh, in the Magic Millions Country Cup. I'll tell you what, Tony, the one thing that was pleasing about that particular thing is that uh, when you look at the Country Cup and the results for it, our uh, heat winners or our um, uh, the, the uh, heats that they had across Queensland... Zoo Meteor finished first for Stewie Kendrick and Angela Jones. Party Spirit, Rob Heathcote, Damien Thornton. And uh, Under the Limit, even for Tom Button and Adrian Late, won the Home Hill Heat and um, came home in eighth place, only three and a half lengths from the winner. So it, it's in good stead, that process uh, there, because, um, you know, it's a pretty competitive field, isn't it? Um, and Zoo Meteor, of course, Stewie Kendrick's uh, buying up at the Magic Million sales. And I noticed that it's out of Zoo Star from Kaka Katie. And one of those went through the ring yesterday by Aloy Kirk and Kakar Katie. A Bay Colt went through the ring uh, yesterday. So a half-brother going to Zoo Media. I'm not sure if Stewie Kendrick picked that up, but I know he's been active at the sales, Tony. But great to see those results. Yeah, it was a nice way to start off the big day there at Aquas Park on Saturday and uh, wonderful to see plenty of uh, country stables making their way uh, to the Gold Coast for the uh, the Country Cup there. But there was a couple of other results uh, on uh, Magic Millions Day that also had a little bit of a, a country association to them. We wanted to say uh, well done as well to... Uh, Trevor and Peter Rowe have been following on the uh, their their path while they lined up in the uh, the Magic Millions. I think it was in the snippets. Uh, they lined up with Smart Image. Wasn't uh, Smarty's day? He was uh, down the tail of the field, but he's had a big campaign as well as having to come all the way from North Queensland. But it's still a big thrill, Rob, for some of these stables to get to the big stage like that. Oh, very much so. And Chinny Boom, a good third for Clinton Taylor in the cutest uh, race back in and really good form. This uh, great mare, Chinny Boom, by Spirit of Boom. And, of course, uh, owner Rodney Hay, who's 
who's also buying up uh, at the uh, yearling sale over under Liverstonia Grazing Company. Uh, Rodney had a good win, a good place getter as an owner in Petronius behind King of Sparta in that Magic Million Snippets race you mentioned. And that's not a bad effort when you consider King of Sparta. You'd have to call a uh, track specialist. Three from three now, Magic Millions Day, I think it is, Tony, for King of Sparta. So Petronius for Barry Lockwood and Jaden Lloyd. Uh, well done, Rodney. I reckon it'd been a pretty exciting uh, day for the team there on Saturday. Yeah, it's just, it would be a massive thrill just to line up in a million-dollar race, let alone actually yeah. thinking about the fact that you're going to bring home 180000 in second prize money or something like that. But just to be a part of the big day like that, as you know, Rob, you, you've been there with a, a runner at the Magic Millions Carnivals, and it's just a big thrill. And it's wonderful to have all of the, the buzz and the hype and all of the, the folk in town. And I guess, uh, well, uh, this is certainly the jewel in the crown as far as the sales goes. It won't be long before we uh, do it all over again. You have more of the country stables coming to the coast ready for the uh, what we have traditionally called the cutest March sales. But uh, that's going to be another big selling session that's going to be coming up in a couple of months. Yeah, and with book two happening at the Magic Million sale at the moment, you see uh, more of the country uh, clientele coming into town as well, which is great to see in that March sale. But yeah, the jewel in the crown, all right, when it comes to Queensland racing, Magic Millions. Um, but it's just the continued growth of uh, those carnivals. Uh, for Queensland Racing, of course, the summer summer carnival uh, right through uh, the Magic Millions um, up to the Sunshine Coast for their meetings. And, of course, then we, we come to that winter program for um, Queensland Racing with the Stradbroke, the highlight there, Tony. But, of course, our focus is always looking at the uh, the country side of things for racing and, and the developments that happen within uh, Queensland Racing for country racing. Um, therefore, this morning, it's very important. We've been uh, fortunate enough to be able to have our CEO, our new CEO, Jason Scott, join us this morning. But just before Jason comes on, Tony, I think it's important listeners understand that over the last probably decade at least, um, the country racing's worked under a couple of different CEOs. I mean, you go back to the Bob Bentley era, and I suppose you could kindly say it was almost an approach of slash and burn towards country racing with a lot of the country tracks being closed down, or a number of them. Uh, And there were various bottom-line reasons uh, given for that. And then Brendan Parnell came on board and saw a different approach with Queensland Country Racing because we have so many country tracks. And rather than see them as a a, a burden to carry for racing overall, he really took the approach of let's make country racing unique. Let's turn this into something that promotes the uniqueness of country racing. And from that, through the work with uh, Racing Queensland, the Country Racing Panel, you got the Battle of the Bush series, the Country Cups and the Country Stampedes. We also got the growth of the Country Tab Sky Channel Saturday uh, meetings following on from Birdsville and Roma, uh, so much so that they're quite well spread across the, uh, the state. Uh, they developed independent economic re- reviews that saw the value of country racing to the communities and that convinced the Labor government in Queensland to produce a country racing package that in some ways people probably felt it saved country racing and, and gave the basis to increases in prize money, infrastructure funding as well. Um, so there's been different approaches, different visions, if you like, and as we wel- welcome our new CEO this morning, Jason Scott, I'm, uh, my first question to you, Jason, good morning to you, um, is what is your vision for country racing in Queensland and its future? Good morning to you, Jason. Morning, well, morning, Tony. No, I have more of a Brendan Parnell view than a Bob Bentley view. <laughs> but I, I do have to qualify that, that 
Um, we are in a stage of, of wagering downturns. Uh, we've seen prize money come in Victoria, forward estimates in New South Wales, and Queensland's not immune to that. Um, and we have we've lost we've, we've lost uh, one of our Sky Channel meetings on a Saturday, so we've gone from four to three, which kind of makes sense um, because you know us having four, Victoria often only have two, they have three. New South Wales can have anywhere from three to five. So that means we've lost 52 Sky Channel meetings uh, on Saturdays. Uh, they're on Sky 2 meetings. Um, so so there, there's going to be a cut, not just in country racing, in provincial racing and in city racing. So we're still working out how that looks. Uh, but I suspect we'll have a few less Saturdays um, to, have, to have country meetings. Uh, we're more than happy and we're working with all of the clubs, uh, any of the clubs that, that, that do potentially miss a Saturday, we're more than happy to try and fit that in any other day of the week. But... Uh, at my role, there's two things that are finite. One is money and one is Saturdays, and we've got 125 clubs and everyone wants to run on a Saturday. Mm. So it's a I guess, I guess that's the thing, Jason. It's been a traditional thing where you know, racing has been on a Saturday, especially for country areas. The majority of clubs are run by volunteers who have their own businesses to run. So uh, to be able to say to them, oh, you can have a tab Monday, doesn't actually work for a lot of these, especially the smaller country towns. There are a lot that are embracing it, and we're yeah. seeing more and more of these come in, like a Cloncurry on a Friday. Uh, Warwick's uh, really stepped up and taking on Mondays and things like that. But that's the tricky yeah, part, isn't it? Yeah, last week if it didn't rain. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the real tricky part, trying to get that balance of you know, the volunteer workforce as opposed to, uh, Kevin, you say, you know, the, the more set-up clubs that can race uh, on a weekday. Yeah, but I, I think what we need, some of those, some of those more set-up clubs, I think they're probably racing too much in the city. So we've also, we've also got to balance that so that we don't, we don't crush the tracks. Um, and, and you're right, I understand that. We've also got to remember too, like we... We, you know, I've been to my, to all of the country clubs and speaking to them about Saturdays to find out who's prepared to race on a Sunday, who's prepared to race on a Friday afternoon, purely because we're struggling with stewards and jockeys. Mm. And if we can, we can get a situation where we can run in some some races. You know, if we get a public holiday gazetted on a Friday and run on a Friday in some town into a Saturday, somewhere close, so I can get those jockeys to ride at two meetings, the stewards to ride at two meetings. It is the way forward for us, uh, for for the industry. So look, while, while I'm firmly positive about country racing and we need to do as much as we want, but I also I can't stand here hand on heart and say that we'll, we'll see as much racing in the country tab racing this year as what we saw in 23. Now, that wagering turnaround, wagering downturn, if that turns round, and it will at some stage, I mean, it makes sense that people have got less money, cost of living is the highest it's ever been. Uh, we've had 12, 12 interest rate hikes. You know, I speak to the I speak to the bookmakers, and what we saw uh, the weekend before last is that we had to saw the same number of bets on Wave Day down at the Gold Coast as the year before. But one of the big, the bigger operators last year, the average bet was thirty one dollars. This year, it's twenty two dollars. Mm. So that, that that comes through to our bottom line. That country racing package that you mentioned has been removed from Racing Queensland's budget on the back of the better deal that we got with the point of consumption tax. So it's a balancing act. Look, we're working with government and we're trying to find a way um, to be as, as delicate as what we can. And hopefully this is a one-year scenario. And by 25, we're back and, and moving forward again. So, Jason, um, the information I'm receiving is like those um, Saturday country meetings that were built up across the state, including places like Longreach, uh, Roma, uh, that have been there for quite some time, they will be removed with that Sky Channel approach. The, well, Sky 2 doesn't give you the turnover you need. 
But that prize money that's been so important to have the country participants being able to access that tab-level prize money, what you're saying basically is that it won't be lost, but it will need to be moved on to a weekday, which, as Tony's pointed out, has those inherent problems for some country towns. Uh, it has inherent problems everywhere. I can assure you Eagle Farm, Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast don't like racing midweek either. But we, we, as I said, we've got 125 clubs and everybody can't race every Saturday. Mm. And so we've, we've just got to find an answer within what we're doing. You know, the government right now are tipping hundreds of millions or it's actually billions into the Olympics. Um, and, and so for racing to put our hand out for more, is, is, you know, it's, it's not the right time. So we've, we've got to work it. We've got to work within the money that we've got because, you know, it's only 2015 and racing Queensland was broke. Yep. I guess yeah, that's so, the thing. Yeah, there's been that real turnaround, hasn't there? You know, we, we talk about the bad old days, but there's been a heck of a lot of good old days and a lot of good has been done. As Rob said, the infrastructure grants that have gone out there, there's been some wonderful improvements at a lot of tracks that, uh, yeah, uh, 15, 25 years ago might have been thinking, well, we're not going to survive. No, and, those info, and that infrastructure friend is, uh, spend is something that we certainly won't touch. Uh, we're really cognizant that we want safe, safe racing on the best tracks and I think for us it'd be completely irresponsible for us not to continue the spending on improving the facilities um, you know a lot of what we're building is, is there's a lot of clubs in these jockeys rooms there's so many more female jockeys than what we had five, five, ten, twenty years ago that we need we need to keep spending there so we're, commi- we're I'm committed to spending um, you know but we've also put a stop on a few other a big uh, big spends in Cairns, Townsville uh uh, Deegan, where we, we were hope, all hoping to build stables this year, Ipswich is another. So it's not country racing only that's feeling the brunt of this. No, definitely not. And the improvements with the uh, infrastructure certainly welcomed by many clubs who have applied for those grants. Uh, just to clarify that uh, again, uh, that infrastructure funding, that grant process that happens through Racing Queensland, is, is that finished up after this year? Jason at all? No, we'll continue continue that indefinitely. I I, I think that's the most important thing that we can do. We've just just got to keep improving our facilities. We saw racing close down in Macau yesterday after Singapore. Um, And so if we don't have, if we're not providing the safest uh, racing opportunities for both our horses and our our participants, jockeys, you know, we saw it happen at the Gold Coast with the barrier attendants, stable hands, so we, that we cannot skimp on that because people think it could never happen in Australia, but it could. And when it, if it does happen in one state, it'll happen very quickly, as we've seen in Macau and Singapore. So that's top of mind. One of the topics you mentioned there before, Jason, that we wanted to highlight as well this morning was jockey availability. And as you said, uh, yeah. if you can have a, a track that races on a Friday afternoon, then jockeys can ride at that and then they can go to a Saturday. And we've seen to... Uh, some extent already where there's been some Sunday and even non-tab Sunday meetings where a club will yeah. get a replacement date there. And you talk to the jockeys at the track on the Saturday afternoon, well, <laughs> from Rob and I, uh, having the, the opportunity to interview them post-race, they're almost saying, well, come on, hurry up. <laughs> I want to get in the car because I've got another six hours to drive before I get ready for dry, uh, riding tomorrow. That's another thing of the programming side of things could also uh, complement the problem that we have at the moment with jockey availability. So I suppose that's one solution, but is there another solution that RQ is working on with jockey availability? Look, we, we are speaking to many international jurisdictions about apprentices. We are speaking to 
you know, jockeys, we've incentivised jockeys to, to fly them out. And I don't really want to do that too much. I don't want to incentivise, I don't want to be flying jockeys out because I don't think it's fair to the local jockeys that are doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is it's very hard to incentivise someone for one day a week's work at the non tabbers yeah. You know, the, the guys that come over from overseas, they want to be riding regularly. They're here to learn. Um, so it's, it's, you know, I get a lot of advice and... I went to estimates at uh, Parliament this year, and the one question I got was about jockey availability. And, and we're pushing as hard as we can, but right now, it's just not practical for the for the for the jockeys enough. And we'll, but we'll keep pushing, and we'll keep working with some international jurisdictions and see what we can do. But we're well aware of it. Don't worry, stewards are exactly the same problem. You know, when we have a ten or eleven meetings on a ten or eleven non-tab meetings on, you know, that was through the spring carnival, through the autumn. Uh, Keurig do struggle to find to find enough stewards. Mm. Which yeah, again, Jason, I guess. I, sorry, go on, Rob. I was going to say, Jason, that key word I think is incentivise with the jockey shortage because I know a lot of you're doing a lot of good work in terms of getting the supply of jockeys and and clubs. Many clubs are doing great work too to encourage them, whether they be extra jockey premierships and extra payments they make for them. Um, but is there a, a method, is there a way in which you can, you know, I'm going back to my old teaching days here, but is there a way to incentivise them to get some country service uh, that then gives them credit to come back into the into the provincial city okay. areas, maybe extensions of um, of apprenticeship times after they've outridden claims in the country, etc. That incentivisation seems to be the key things. Like we had in the Central West, for example, Robbie Farr and his family moved all the way out to Longreach and have made a living out there. And, and that's great to see because the food chain of jockeys, you get experienced jockeys who can see the country as their base now, um, but no real assistance in terms of removal or anything of that nature. So are there practical ways like that that Racing Queensland can consider? Yeah, 100%. As you mentioned earlier, I haven't been in this role very long, but one thing that I have done, we've got a review into our jockey training methods right across the state. Um, you know, the, the old models, we've had the same model with trainers, you know, apprentices mm-hmm. being indentured to trainers forever. Uh, Western Australia have a completely different model where the apprentices are indentured to, to the equivalent of racing Queensland Railway. And, and that's exactly how it works. Uh, as a, a young apprentice jockey will start in the bush, move closer, 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 and within 18 months he might be closer to working with a with a jockey in the a, a trainer in the city. Something like that appeals to me. I don't want to I don't want to foreshadow the way that it might land, but nothing is nothing's on the board. You know, people tell me that I think a little bit differently to everybody else, but train, trainers have done a, a very good job. Um, teaching apprentices, but why? we've got a guy like Robbie Frad who's helping with working with the apprentices right now. Why couldn't we have a different system where Robbie Frad has a jockey, a jockey school and he's indentured them and they train the jockeys, they tra- he's training them, he's a, he's a jockey, he's got time to be at every race meeting, a lot of the trainers don't, they're doing a million things. Um, and we could have jockey schools and, and that would t- that would then <clears throat> push out through the bush, you know. These, you, these you are all t- thought bubbles right now, but I'm, I'm yeah. saying we need to look at an alternative way to the way we've always done it because I don't think it's working right now. You could you could certainly extend that to the country with places like Charters yeah. Towers, the example, Anne's Jones starting off there uh, in that area under the with the Kirkwood family out there and uh, the training ability of these people in the country to produce good jockeys. Um, we've seen the example there. Not yeah. every apprentice can be Angela Jones and get to that stage early, but they they get so much experience in the country yet there seems to be a prevailing attitude. It's better to sit on the coast or in Brisbane for one ride on a weekend and rather than do the travel. 
I agree with you entirely, Rob, and they're, they're the things that we're looking at. So I'll, I'll have that report through to me probably. We're looking for March, and then, you know, then we'll work with Shane Scriven, our existing uh, mm-hmm. jockey training, and, um, and the boys that we have up in Townsville and go from there. You mentioned Curic having the trouble with um, stewards and that with 11 or 12 race meetings. Has there been any update in policy with Curic? Uh, I know the example came to head with the ISIS had call off. Uh, the policy in terms of the, the procedure involved with calling off meetings on the day of the racings when uh, on the day of the races when there is no apparent weather reason for it, but due to the state of the track and the a steward determines no, that's that's not not safe enough. It came to a head with the Isiswood one. To my understanding, it, it was leading to a, a little task force between Racing Queensland and Curic to go out and assess those situations and come up with a better approach that made it fairer to all participants so it's not a case of everyone's there on the day and suddenly, no, the meeting's not on when something could have been done in advance and made it a lot lot easier for the participants? Yeah, look, as I mentioned, I've been here eight months, and that ISIS for the situation was out, without doubt the most disappointing day since I've been here. Um, we we had deemed, you know, Racing Queensland had deemed that the track was safe, and I don't think there was too many that day that hadn't. So since then, we've been working much more closely with Curic. Uh, we're sharing photos early in the week. The, the situation with Curic take over the race course two hours before, um, and then somebody there might have a different opinion to what's what they've had at Racing Queensland, far from ideal. Uh, but now we're working with them from probably a fortnight out about tracks and whatever else, and we haven't we haven't had any haven't had any challenges since. Uh, in terms of a written documentation piece, that that's still being worked through. I guess it's one of those things, Jason. You almost need something to be broken before it's fixed, and this might have been a case of while well, it was uh, very unfortunate of what happened there at Isisford, uh, that at least has been the trigger for something like this moving forward. So hopefully, we don't see a, a similar sort of situation happen again. Hundred percent. I think both. I think both parties, Curic and ourselves, understand that we can't have that happening. It's not fair to the participants, um, and we we need to work more collegiately, and we and we are certainly doing that. Jason, you must also be very happy seeing the uh, impact of the series races that we have through country Queensland and, uh, you know, right from those level racing series that occur in different areas, but through to the Battle of the Bush, the Country Cups, the Country Stampede, is that an area that is, let's say, protected at the moment in the current economic climate? And is it something you'd like to build on even further? That's something we certainly won't touch. Um, I've been to both the, the Battle of the Bush and the Stampede Day and to see the owners down there, how happy they are. We're getting full fields. We've had a couple of really good races. Uh, and I think that's I think that's one of the best initiatives that Racing Queensland's uh, introduced over the last five years. Yeah, have to agree 100%. As Rob said, we started off with some of the, the regional type ones where we had, and there's still a couple of those happening, like the Burn It to the Beach series where they have bonuses for their own area, but we had the Matilda Highway and a couple of others that have uh, gone by the wayside. But you talk to some of the participants, and even just at a local level, Jason, it, the buzz that surrounds the day when a country club hosts a Battle of the Bush Cup qualifier or a country cup stampede uh, type day, um, yeah, let alone uh, the, the buzz that then hits Doombin or Eagle Farm when we have the final day. It just adds to a non-tab meeting in some of those country ones, and it really has been one of the big success stories of recent times for us. Yeah. I think without a doubt, and credit, and credit to my predecessor, Brendan Barnell, for placing that race on, on a Group 1 day on Tats Tiara Day. 
I think it really adds 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 to the adds to the meeting and adds to the excitement from the people of the bush racing on that big day. Mm. Yeah, um, you must also like I know Tony and I through bush, through bush beaten and work with clubs. We get very proud and protective of our country clubs because you see some great work that's going on in these clubs. I mean, they're working hard to meet all the uh, the minimum requirement standards, uh, and they do it to the letter pr- pretty much in the country. They they feel they've got to do it right. Um, and so, therefore, are you feeling that country racing or the country clubs with, with yourself, I, I know you've been making a very conscious effort to get out to different meetings, just popping up and turning up, which I think is a great way to do it. But are you seeing the same positivity that we see coming through the country racing and, and therefore yeah. the future looks pretty good? A hundred percent. And I, I give so much credit to the country clubs in terms of the of the extra work that's being asked for them in terms of tracks. Unfortunately, we live in a very litigious world uh, and insurance premiums are going up everywhere and we, you know, and we need to make sure that these tracks are exactly how, how they need to be with minimum standards. And, and we're seeing so much support from the clubs. They want to do everything right. Um, and then when, you get, when I get out to the meetings, people are just so happy. And, you know, I think it was my first Roma Cup day. It certainly won't be my last. It was uh, <laughs> the mood out there. And as I was leaving at 6 o'clock to go home, people were piling in for the night. Unfortunately, I think the storm might have came and ruined it. But it just shows that it's the best way to get young people into the races. Because I can yeah. assure you, we're not as good at it in the city introducing the next generation to racing as the country is. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's uh, some of these country meetings are almost taken over from the old style BNS balls um, of, of having that kind of entertainment like that. And you're right. Yeah, the storm hit straight after the Roma Cup, but I can tell you, it didn't stop them parting on until uh, late into the night. They were just a little bit damper at the earlier part of it. And, uh, it, it really is uh, interesting when you have a look at some of the, the country meetings like that and without naming some of the meetings, because uh, I'm sure I'm going to forget a few, but there are some really, really good country highlights. And as we've often said on Bushbeat, Rob, it really does become part of the social fabric of the, the local area. And there's a lot of reunions that happen at some of these cup meetings and people getting uh, back together, whether it's school reunions or families getting back together. It's really become so much more than just watching horses go around in circles at a track. A hundred percent, and that's 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 the one thing that's almost unique to Queensland um, that that we need to foster, and hence why we're so positive about you know despite the fact that twenty four is going to be we might have to move slightly backwards or stand still, um, you know once once we uh, we get out of this wagering downturn and the money starts rolling in, um, we'll we'll certainly we'll continue to propagate. Yeah, and there's certainly been a lot of uh, financial assistance for the country clubs. And, and talking about earlier the uh, weekday tab meetings, etc., and the Sunday meetings, the, the admin admin fund that or payment that goes to country clubs, uh, it certainly enables many clubs to work towards a self-sufficiency approach, doesn't it? I mean, they they uh, they, they have minimum lesser costs on some of these days. They don't get the crowds, etc., which is a difficulty, and they have trouble attracting the work. But there is fairly significant administration payments made by Racing Queensland to race on those days. Yeah, look, we understand the load that goes on to the volunteers and the amount of work that gets put into these country racing meetings and keeping a track. Even a track that's only raced once a year, well, it's not just a matter of walking out 10 days before it and trying to sort it out. Mm. So, so we're really cognizant of that and, we're, and, us, and the funding that we can do to help these clubs um, is vital for it to continue. We don't, we don't, we don't want to see clubs 
disappearing or dissipating. Uh, we like to think we'll have the 125 clubs we've currently got now in five years' time. I think that's a great comment to hear because I think, unfortunately, there is still a lingering fear in some clubs that a lot of the rules, the regulations, the minimum standards, the approach is that they are stealthily trying to wipe us out uh, because they're no, putting so much burden. Uh, but anything it's but probably furthest from the truth. It is literally insuring. You know, we, we've, we've, just got, we've just come out and helped trainers around the state with trainers work, cover the insurance there. Mm. We're seeing that go happening with all of our insurances. And the only way that we can, um, the way we can stop that is, is less claims. And I can assure you a claim in the bush and a claim at Eagle Farm causes the same pain in terms of financial concern and going premiums going forward and also to, to participants. So it, it's purely, it's not, a, it's, not to stop, it's not to wipe clubs out, it's to make sure that it's as safe as possible. Yeah, Jason, it's been wonderful to have you as part of Bushbeat this week. Your first uh, appearance on the show, I'm sure it won't be the last. Great to have our CEO on board, and we'll uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Call me any time, gents. Thank you. Jason Scott, CEO of Racing Queensland, with us on Bushbeat. And Rob, great to get the CEO on. I know we've uh, been a while since we've uh, had the, the new man with his feet under his desk, but he has had a lot on his plate and a lot to do. And uh, we did uh, throw the invitation out when we caught up with him at Roma Cup Day last year. He said, yep, anytime. And it's great to be able to have uh, Jason on the show. And a lot of good information there uh, coming through from the, uh, the CEO this morning. Yeah, I think it's important our listeners and our clubs and our participants hear it um, straight from the CEO because um, I think we've both commented before, Tony, we, we feel country racing has got a very positive attitude going about it at the moment and going forward people like to see that and so when they see changes coming about, I think it's important that we heard from Jason say, um, you know, his approach to country racing is, is to make continue that uniqueness of it and continue with the clubs that are there and uh, to incentivise jockeys, etc., to get out to help solve the, the shortage problem that we have, uh, to work with clubs, uh, the infrastructure still going ahead. So, you know, and, and then on the cream on the cake, of course, of those big series races that we have. So I was really pleased to hear some of the, the phrases that he used um, when he was talking to us that, um, you know, his, his view, it, it all comes down to the bottom line, doesn't it, Tony? You've, you've got to have a bottom line to your budget, and, and uh, I think as long as people see that there is the uh, application to all levels of racing where it's affecting but uh, importantly from your CEO to know that yeah he's back in country racing and and I just love the approach he used at Roma where he just turned up out of the blue and and enjoyed the day and, and got to see how important these country meetings are to the local towns. Yeah, rocked up a little, almost like it was Undercover Boss, like that TV <laughs> show where no one knew he was coming and he just appeared and people look and think, gee, that bloke looks familiar, is that? And then you find out, yes, it is. And uh, But that's the way he likes it. He's um, not uh, big on the, the whole ceremony side of things, of, you know, gilt-edged invitations or something like that. Had a thoroughly enjoyable day there. I know he's done similar at turning up at uh, other country race meetings and great to see the CEO getting out and uh, seeing some of what does happen in those sort of country areas. And, and as he said taking on board things like getting the young people to the races. It's something they do so well in the bush that perhaps uh, the City Cousins can take a, a leaf out of that book from. And that's the whole thing that we've said for a long time, Rob. It's the sharing of ideas. Uh, not everybody invented the wheel all at the same time. So it's a, a matter of uh, getting the best of everything out there to everyone. And that's the session planning with young people coming into our committees and clubs uh, so vital to the future growth of country racing. And, and again, we love to feature things on Bushbeat that just show the benefit of, 
of country and involvement in racing. And when you turn your attention to Thangool on the weekend, it was a huge day for a young trainer in Jessica Kuhn getting her first winner at Thangool when Shadow Project took out the benchmark 60. They've got 550 metres to go and the race is on in earnest. Dante Alighieri satellite around them. Raced up to join the leader. Hallside hot stuff on the inside. Rock Dreamer is gone. Behind them, Gabrielle starts a run from Shadow Project. Malibu Edition looking for clear air. To the top of the lane, they run 200 to go. Hallside hot stuff the leader, but he's running on empty. Dante Alighieri the outside. Extreme outside Shadow Project and Adam's Apple through on the inside many chances Dante Alighieri Adam's Apple driving they hit it it's very close shadow project Adam's Apple in a tight one from Dante Alighieri Hallside hot stuff less than half a length covered the first four across the line really testing the race caller Darren Walker out there at Thangool it may have only been a benchmark 50 but it was certainly a big win there for shadow project uh, part of a double for Warwick Saddley and Jesse Kuhn the uh, the trainer there and as Tony McMahon highlighted in his racing around Rocky News that came up uh, on social media yesterday. And for those who want to catch it, uh, you can also find it at uh, the Rockhampton Jockey Club website at calliganpark.com.au. As Tony said, and I'm reading here, the thrill of winning a horse race, be it jockey, trainer or owner, is hard to beat. Uh, and certainly last Saturday, 13th of January 2024, will be a day that Jessie Kern will remember always because it was the day she, prefer uh, she uh, produced her very first race winner, Rob. Yeah, it's so exciting to see. It doesn't matter whether it's at Thangirl or Flemington, I think, when you get a win, whether you're an owner, trainer or a jockey, uh, it's got that thrill to it. And uh, I'm pretty sure she's got a runner divider, I think it is, in uh, Rockhampton uh, running today, Tony. So great to see another new training talent. That's that supply th side of our industry, new people coming into the game in the training ranks or the jockey ranks. And uh, good on you, Jess Kuhn, getting your first winner there with the Art Artie Schiller five-year-old that... Uh, I think she's had about 29 runners, has she, um, Jess? Or might yeah, have I got that right, Tony? I mightn't mm. have added that up right, but um, I think she's had a few runners up until this point. So yeah, good. that was that was uh, four win, uh, four runs so far with that particular horse. Uh, but yeah, getting the win there at Thangool after being unplaced at Rocky and Mackay, and yeah, once uh, you see the the floodgates open, Jess, uh, hopefully it's going to be uh, plenty more to come. Has it? As it was for Warwick Southerly, who continues to ride in great form at that Than Girl meeting, because that was the second of his race-to-race uh, -race double after kicking home Kefalonia for Mark Cochran, a six-year-old sizzling that was second at Mackay at its last run, came up as favourite for the race, got up over Rose of Tayamina and imagine that. So Warwick Southerly is certainly in demand in these country tracks and provincial tracks in uh, central Queensland. And it was a day of doubles because another very experienced jockey in Chris McIver Got a win for Jason Devine on Magic on, Magic on Ice, defeating James Atelli in the open uh, with Real Key in third place. I notice Awanichi a close-up fourth in that particular uh, race. And then, of course, he uh, wrapped up the program, Chris, with Crystal Johnson with Craigley Lackey. Uh, interesting uh, win this because it looked to be uh, in trouble on the turn but balanced up in the straight under MacGyver and produced another effort and went away and won by a length over Zorinha and Lenova. So the agitate mare uh, getting that Crystal Johnson name, or she's still Crystal Johnson, Tony, but a married name of Crystal Arnold, uh, back in the winner's uh, trainer's circle. And, of course, Daryl Gardner, regularly in the winner's uh, circle. Cutest money going to him with Radiant Romance and Mackenzie Appel. 
Uh, this one's got a good record at the track with a uh, win and two placings from three starts now uh, at the track. Radiant Romance defeating Ruby Largo and Craigley uh, Thera. So uh, good meeting out there at um, Thangool and congratulations again, Jess Kuhn and uh, Warwick Southerly and Chris MacGyver with the double on the day. A day of doubles as well at Atherton. Yeah, and a jockey that I'd mentioned the other week uh, in Tess Townsend, who's uh, relocated up there and really starting to kick home some winners. And great to see, Tess, you got a double on the day. You commenced proceedings with a Augusta Revolution. And uh, this has got beautiful breeding. This is a case, I think, of a of a uh, horse being sent to the country to try and get some wins with uh, Alex Malief's stable. This Russian Revolution out of Augusta Proud that was a Group 3 winner. So beautiful breeding, Augusta Revolution, but you got your win in the maiden at Atherton over short nap and ready to reason. So Tess Townsend kicked off proceedings, and then she finished the proceedings with Divine Wit uh, for the Trevor and Peter, Peter Rowe team. Uh, the excitement would have been shown at the Gold Coast when they found out they had the win with this horse. And this six-year-old by Ballaspree defeated Heroic Angel and Star Philly. And another apprentice uh, jockey in Jenna Edwards uh, getting a race-to-race double at this program had King Jester, the haloed crown, uh, take out the open handicap over strategist in my best effort. And then she got the win with Scott Cooper and the cutest money again with Rose of Athens, a golden archer. First win this campaign, but she's had five out of 58 now, defeated Blend and Lord Power. So both Jenna and Tessa... Uh, getting the doubles on the day, and it was left to Scotty Sheargold and uh, Maria Patiris to take the other win with Air Force Ace, the Air Force Blue Gelding that's had win number two from 25 after being in the placings three of its last four. Defeated Simply Beans and Bohemian Flyer. So it's just I just find it really good to see the little run that many of these uh, jockeys who are working hard to build their careers, in the case of Tess and uh, Jenna there, getting these doubles on the day, and... As you said before, Tony, once uh, you get the win, the floodgates can open and, and just success leads to success in this game, doesn't it? Rob, we've also been following the uh, King Island Carnival as it's been rolling on. and It was Recreation Day on Saturday and a day of doubles there as well with Kelvin Sanderson riding a duo. Bill Hay started off the day training to Thomas Doyle aboard Cubic in the 1400 metre maiden and then lining up with Kelvin uh, with uh, Miss Karashane taking out the Class B over 1400 metres. Kelvin then linked up with Robert Keyes on Philantina to take out the Saputo Sprint Cup, the feature race on the day. Jim uh, Taylor then uh, bookended, well not bookended, sorry, uh, tailed the program with a double uh, with Lindrum taking out the uh, the Class B of 1800. Hannah LeBlanc on board there and Jamie Gibbons successful for Jim Taylor on Like a Mosh in the Class B over 1200 wrapped up the day and now they've got two consecutive Saturdays coming up well I suppose that'll make it three uh, but this weekend uh, King Island then lines up with uh, their next meeting rolling through which will be their big Maritime Miners Rest Cup day that's on this Saturday uh, and then the following week it's the uh, the KI Southern Airlines fly-in day so we might uh, check in with Duncan Dornoff next week to see how things are going there and the other KI that we keep a watch on Rob is also racing this coming Saturday. Kangaroo Island have their racing at the Signet program. Uh, non-tab meeting coming up this weekend. There's actually no non-tab meetings on in Queensland this coming Saturday, but uh, we'll be able to focus on those next week at the two KIs at King Island in Tasmania and Kangaroo Island in South Australia. I'm quite sure we'll find something to talk about with country racing, <laughs> even though there's none on. But I just mentioned Divider before for Jess, Jess Kuhn. She has Brooke Johnson on it in the first race at Rockhampton today at 1.34. Not sure of its chances, but we wish them well uh, with that. And, of course, 
Home Hill. Um, as uh, Jason Scott mentioned earlier, has a TAB meeting coming up uh, tomorrow as well. And uh, as you said, Tony, no no country meetings, although Townsville, Townsville back racing on Saturday, which is great to yeah. see up there. Yeah, Dolby Friday, Townsville Saturday, Gatton's on next Monday, Emerald have their tab meeting on Tuesday. So, yeah, there's a big string of, of tab meetings on at the moment, but there's no non-tabs on on Saturday. Uh, but, but we're certainly keeping a very close watch on those as uh, they roll through this week. We'll look forward to being back uh, next week. We'll head off to the Cyrils today. I uh, must send a birthday call out to Willie Chandler, president of Bar Calden Race Club. It's his birthday today, and interestingly, he's, I'm going to end up at the Cyrils with him today, and I think I heard him mention yesterday, if you can't buy a horse on your birthday, um, there's something wrong, so we'll see how you go today, Willie, and the Cyrils. Happy birthday to you. Uh, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. We'll be back next week on Bushbeat. Good on you, Rob. Have a good week, and don't wave at your friends too uh, too far away at the sales. You could end up going home with a yearling. Thank you to Rob Luck, and especially to Jason Scott, Racing Queensland CEO, for joining us on the show today. We'll be back next Tuesday with more news on country racing here on Radio Tab on Bushbeat.